Welcome to the Journey Express. This is where we like to talk about faith, friendship, and the more of God. I'm Jen Houston, and with me today is my fabulous friend and co-host Mel Boyd. Hey, Jen. Hey, everyone. Hey, and Happy New Year again to everyone. Thank you so much for coming back and joining us on the journey. Um, We're so excited to have you here. Today, we are going to release part two of our conversation on the key of love. We're still in our key series, and we're going to get a little gritty and share some personal stories about how we have fought in our friendship to keep our love on and to keep our love from growing cold. So we hope you enjoy hearing our stories and how we've applied this key of love. So let's get ready here and let's share from our own friendship mm-hmm. some stories that we've experienced. And I'll I'll start mm-hmm. first. So I think really um, we're not going to go into details of the story, but it happened several years ago. And really, I think what it boils down to, it was a misunderstanding, miscommunication, mm-hmm. misunderstanding your expectations, you misunderstanding my expectations yeah. in the moment. And it what happened was i i believe i allowed offense hmm. with not talking about it with you mm-hmm. and working it out i allowed offense offense to come into my heart and allowed time mm-hmm. to i just remember several months going by and not really speaking hmm. and um and then i came to a point where I came to you, mm-hmm. and I approached you and just said, can we meet together? Mm-hmm. And I remember we met at the coffee shop, and mm-hmm. we talked it through, and it was good. And I, I felt like we had a, several times of really talking it through, because we've talked about this. We're different. Mm-hmm. You know, we love each other. We're mm-hmm. such close friends, mm-hmm. but we think differently mm-hmm. um, and have different personalities. Mm-hmm. I'd say, you know, we are on the same page yeah. about everything, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, we process things differently, yes. and, but we're we're still committed to our friendship and love for one another. Yes. Yeah, so, so where we could have just gone our separate ways and— This is going to make me cry. Now. I know. And really just missed out, mm-hmm. you know, on, on God's intention <laughs> for our, our friendship. And mm-hmm. I consider you one of my closest friends. Like, yeah. I know that I can just go to you with anything. And you you yeah. speak truth in love to me. You called me out beautifully the other day. <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> Y'all, I'm serious. I, I mean, it just, it you, I can't, mm-hmm. we both can't express mm-hmm. what it means to us. So I think that was just an example mm-hmm. of— Going back to one another and working it out, yeah, you know, and really understanding what your heart was and what my heart was. Mm-hmm. And do we even want to say now, the funny thing was, y'all, when we got together to to prepare this, Jen couldn't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> so— True. We had you had to particularly, I think because this this moment in our friendship, it was so much more deep for you than it than I mean, and I'm not I was involved in it, but i I didn't take offenses deeply. And, you know, just I was just on the other side of it. And so it wasn't as as deep for me. And so it was like, well, of, of course I forgive you and want to make connection. And like, I didn't know it was that big of a deal. Like it was, <laughs> and to me, what is that verse that, that I, I mentioned the other day? I know love covers a multitude of sins, but oh, love keeps no records of wrong. Yeah. Like I think we, the ones who are doing the offensive behavior or holding on to the offense so deeply and are more 
just in that part of the process, we remember we remember and we need to receive the love. But sometimes the people on the other side of it, even though they may have been offended in a part of the situation and in pain, really true love comes in and keeps no records of wrong. So that's right. you had to do a lot of work to remind me of this situation. <laughs> and honestly, that kind of leads into a story where I was on the other end and we flipped roles. And, and it was, I remember several years ago, I had an expectation of you and our friendship, and and you did not meet what I felt like that was, and I never made those known to you. So there's no way you could have fulfilled <laughs> what my expectations were, and it was to handle a, a, a separate situation. It was just to handle an outside situation, and um, in my mind, I just kept building up like, okay— she needs to do it this way. She needs to do it this way. And it, it this situation is going to be taken care of once and for all. Mel's going to do it. And, you know, you handled the situation, but it had you didn't do it in any way that I constructed that I thought you should. Um, and so I was offended. And I was like, so, I don't know, hurt. And, and it took me a long time. And I actually feel like I raised my voice at you. And I was like, ugly and terrible. And it it broke my heart when I was reflecting on how in my heart, how I was treating you and these expectations, again, that I never even verbalized. I just had them in my mind. And I remember going to Trader Joe's because they have the best bouquets of flowers. (laughs) I got the biggest bouquet of flowers that I could find at Trader Joe's and I chased you down. I found where you were in the city and I <laughs> I stalked you at your car and I sobered up and I just apologized. I was like, I'm so sorry, Mel. Like, I want to remake connection here. Like, our love and our friendship means so much more than this one moment and I'm sorry. And the craziest thing is you hardly even remembered. <laughs> you were like, when we were talking about this, you were like, I think I remember getting flowers, but I don't even remember why. <laughs> Love keeps no record of wrong. Yeah. And we've experienced that. And it's worth it. It's worth it. The point of us sharing all this, y'all, is to give you courage to go towards one another, whether it's in friendship, whether it's with your kids, whether it's with um, a coworker or in marriage. Wouldn't you say it's so worth it? Yeah. Yes. And there's safety when you can feel known, Mm -hmm. the good, the bad, the ugly, the gritty, (laughs) all of that. When you can feel known, there really is safety, and that's love. Yeah, that's right. So really, this is a reflection of one of my favorite verses, and I remember memorizing this years and years ago, and it's transformative. 1 John 4, 18, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. So whenever I come to this crossroads of needing to work something out with a friend or in my marriage, I just remember... I don't have to fear being punished. You know, there are natural consequences when we hurt somebody. You've got to re reclaim trust and you've got to do some work. There are natural consequences to it, but it's not in the heart of punishment. You know, where there's love present, it's not coming with punishment. Yeah, that's so good. You know, I I just this all is we just are we're going to keep pointing back to love and this is just something I've been meditating on both of us and what we need. We just, we mm-hmm. already talked about that, that we need that in this time is to know what true love is. Mm-hmm. 
And um, recently in one of my quiet times, I was reading 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22. It says, now it is God himself who has anointed us and he is constantly strengthening both you and us in union with Christ. He knows we are his since he has also stamped his seal of love over our hearts and has given us the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring is given to a bride, a down payment of the blessings to come. Just as you were talking about that scripture of, you know, no fear in love, mm-hmm. like we love, where's that? It's in First John, I believe. We love because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just thinking about this, that he stamped his seal of love mm. over us. Mm. It's just like, it just really, like, you know, when you get those arrows, mm-hmm. you know, in the word and you're like, oh, I just need to dive into that more. Well, I went into the footnote from the Passion Translation and um, from that word, the seal of love, he has, it says that he had sealed believers with a sevenfold seal. And I'll just read through them. I thought they were so good. And mm-hmm. I just pray that this, as it washed over me, I pray it washes over you as you listen to this. Seal of security. Seal of authentication that marks us as his own. Seal to certify genuineness. Seal of ownership. Seal of approval. Seal of righteousness. Seal of denoting a promise to be fulfilled. And this also reminds me of that conversation that we had with Terry Furr about, um, and we asked her that question, what does it mean to be marked for God? Mm-hmm. And that just, again, it brings us back to the question of how do we keep our hearts from not growing cold? Yeah, yeah. That's really good, Mel. I feel like we cannot have an episode without (laughs) talking about Song of Solomon. And in Song of Solomon 8.6, it says, Jesus, our bridegroom, invites us to place him over our hearts like a fiery seal of love, the jealous flame of God that burns continually in our hearts. We are born of the Spirit, made one in the Spirit, given gifts of the Spirit, and given ministries by the Spirit. He is a promise, a seal, a guarantee of receiving our full inheritance. Before I go on into our favorite quote section, I really want to share a dream that I had a couple years ago. Um, I can't remember how many years ago, so I'm just going to generalize it. Several years ago, I had misplaced a set of three rings that were really important to me. I had had actually picked them out for myself as a Mother's Day gift to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do that. (laughs) You know, it's like, I think this would be meaningful. And I don't wear a lot of jewelry, but these, these rings were not expensive, but they were nice for me. And it was a set of three. Somehow I misplaced them. And I lost them for an extended period of time. And I remember listening to a Bill Johnson sermon about uh, finding lost things, lost things found. And that sermon, it had so many incredible testimonies of people like praying for things that would just like appear in midair. I'd never heard anything like it. And I was just like, I had faith like a child to believe that that could happen to me. And I just started praying, Lord, I'd love to find these rings. I really want these lost rings to be found because they're special to me and they're not of significant value outside of I just really like them and what they mean to me. In this period of time, I had a dream that I was lounging on these like white couches outside. Just imagine Greece. That's all I need to say. I think you got the picture. Yeah. And it was a little shady. And I remember Jesus 
I've never had a dream with Jesus except for this one. Jesus was on the couch right across from me lounging, and it was very Middle Eastern, very beautiful. And he placed, he he was like giving me this robe and handing it to me. And it was like, I just had to put my arms straight out and I would like wear the robe. And I remember once it went on me, I couldn't see it. It was almost like I couldn't feel it or see it. And I was just like wearing this robe and I knew it was there. And then the next thing he gave me was he started placing a ring on my finger. And the dream ended before he fully placed it on my finger. And I remember thinking when I woke up, I, Lord, that dream was amazing. I've never had a dream with Jesus. <laughs> and in in some doubt and in some like hope, I was like, if that dream signified reality and something real and eternal and just real, show me where these rings are and make these rings show up. Because it was a connection for me. It was like a ring and a ring. Like within a week, of that dream and praying that specific prayer. I was having a quiet time in the middle of the day. My daughter came up to me with this old box from my great-grandmother, and I uh, didn't even know what was in the box. I don't even know where she found it. And she came to me and was like, can I open this? And I was like, I'm spending time with Jesus. You know, like (laughs) almost like, why are you bothering me? Um, (laughs) But I was like, sure, sure. Let me unlock that for you. So I unlocked it and I opened the box And the three rings were in that box sitting there, like placed perfectly in this like velvet key ring hole. I have no recollection of of, of putting those in there. And I may have. I'm not trying to make something more than what it is. I may have. But the significance of timing, and that's something that Lisa Shea talked about too, the significance of timing, Mm -hmm. of placement of things, of writing of things, of praying for things, and God revealing them in timing, it boosted my faith like crazy. Wow, that is so cool. I don't know why I thought to share that. Yeah, no, that's really good. (laughs) Setting is a seal. Okay, let's move on to our favorite quote section. Mel, do you want to take this this first one from Danny Silk? Yes. So this is um, from Keep Your Love On. In order to begin training yourself to respond in love, the first thing you need to accept is this truth. You cannot control other people. The only person you can control on a good day is yourself. A to the men. That is A to the men. That's a good word. The next quote from Danny Silk, of course, is conditional love and acceptance means that we're willing to pull away from our connection under certain circumstances. The minute we happen to scare the other person or they scare us, we'll be tempted to withhold our love and disconnect. And because disconnection only produces more fear and anxiety, we'll widen our distance at an alarming rate. This threat effectively prevents two people from feeling free to be themselves because they instinctively know the connection won't be strong enough to handle it. In contrast, when we commit to unconditional love and acceptance, we protect others' freedom. Everything that we offer to the relationship comes freely from our hearts, not under coercion. Yes, committing to pursue and protect my connection with you means that I will be thinking about how my decisions will affect you while making. That's good. And also, fear and love have opposite agendas and opposite strategies for achieving them. They cannot coexist in a person, relationship, or family. And these are all Danny Silk quotes, by the way. But yes. the the last one, and this one might be my favorite, and it might be yours as a listener, too, because it talks about boundaries. Danny says, yes, we are called to love all people, but that doesn't mean that all people have the same access to our core. 
Wow. Well, we are going to move into our What Does Love Lock and Unlock segment. So we're going to start with What Does Love Unlock? Love unlocks patience. Ephesians 4.2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Love unlocks love. First hmm. John 4.19, we love because He first loved us. Love unlocks covering. First Peter 4.8, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Proverbs 10.12, hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. Love unlocks selflessness. John 15.13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Love unlocks honor. Romans 12.10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Love unlocks favor. Proverbs 3, 3 and 4. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Love unlocks blessings. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. Love unlocks life, prosperity, and honor. Proverbs twenty one twenty one. Whoever pursues righteousness in love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Love unlocks worship. Psalm 63, 3 and 4. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. Love unlocks hospitality. Hebrews 13, 1 and 2. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Love unlocks hope. Romans 5, 5. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Love unlocks obedience. John 14, 23, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. And finally, love unlocks unity. Colossians 2, 2, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. And here's our locks section. Love locks up fear. 1 John 4.18 says, Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. Love locks up timidity. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Love locks up hatred. Proverbs 10:12. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. Love locks up greediness. 1 John 3:17. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? 
Love locks up fear of death, Romans 8, 38-39. For I am convinced that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life life. Love also locks up spiritual blindness and fruitlessness. 2 Peter 1, 5-9 says, Because you have these blessings, you should try as much as you can to add these things to your lives. To your faith, add goodness. To your goodness, add knowledge. And to your knowledge, add self-control. And to your self-control, add the ability to hold on. And to your ability to hold on, add service for God. And to your service for God, add kindness for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And to this kindness, add love. If all these things are in you and you are growing, then they will help you never to be useless. They will help your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ make your lives better. But if anyone does not have these things, he cannot see clearly. He is blind, and he's forgotten that he was made clean from his past sins. And if you're wondering what version that is, that is the—I believe it's called the International Children's Bible, and I just—I love that version, so I just wanted to share that with you. Lastly, love locks up sin. It covers. 1 Peter 4, 8, above all else, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. So, Jen, let's close in prayer over our listeners and um, I'm just going to read out just two um, verses from 1 John 4, 7 through 21. We're going to post that in our show notes um, because there's a long passage there, but it's so worth reading over. Um, so I'm going to just read, these out, read this out and pray. This is love. He loved us long before we loved Him. It was His love, not ours. He proved it by sending His Son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins— Delightfully loved ones, if He loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. Lord, we love because You first loved us, and we thank You for that love. We thank You for that unconditional love, that biblical love, Lord, that You've poured out. We thank You for the seal. You've placed a stamp over our heart, a seal over our heart. Lord, in these times, we've admitted, and we know there's so many others who've really struggled struggled to love, struggled to be kind, struggled to not uh, take offense. And so, Lord, would you come? Would you come and meet us where we are? Meet every listener where they are right now. I pray that you would just wash them, wash them with your word, wash them with your love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Mel. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us. I know this one was, uh, it feels intense because it is intense and love is real. Love is serious and God's serious about His love for us. And Mel, I love you and I'm so thankful for you. (laughs) I love you, Jen. (laughs) And we love our listeners. Really, thank you for joining us on the journey. Have a wonderful new year and we will see you next time. 